1: LaFondra looking to get side of Fon. away from David. 3-1 ready 3 points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, I'm very glad to tell you everyone that we have been joined by the man, the legend, the myth. He is back <laughs> on his holiday. Yes, it is Jimmy, Jimmy Earnshaw. How are you doing there, James? thanks for the introduction Paul yeah good thanks how are you I'm good I'm good I'm sure the Chronicle is busting with information this week but you've just been to the press conference at Bearwood and it wasn't the most eventful one to be honest was it
2: no no it's very much as it was really um Smith and Smith and what's his name is still out injured uh wing that's the man I was looking for um might be missing Kamara, might be missing Nibs. But again, they're having tests late on tomorrow. Other than that, it's as it was really for, uh, for the Stevenage win onto Exeter.
1: Yeah, a bit of a shame. I don't know what happened. Have you any more information on what happened to Kamara? Because he wasn't in the open training session well, that we both saw. And I ended up talking about Phoenix Knights in the background. Yeah. But that, yeah, let's move <laughs> on from that. But yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what happened to him.
2: Yeah, he didn't say what it was, but he said he felt it after the game so he went and it showed up on a scan so just a little niggle but they're all having late tests tomorrow so hopefully he might be involved at the very least in the squad
1: yeah well let's hope so because I think he's been pretty good so far Mm. I mean I don't think he's been a standout incredible or anything but I think he keeps that continuity going and having the same team there's no reason to change it is there because when we look at how they performed against Stevenage last week picked up a win clean sheet yeah, okay, they had a player sent off, but that was their own fault, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, no, just send them out there and go out again. Same message, go and win. They've proved they can do it now, so go and do it again.
1: That would be lovely. I'd love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Quite as easy, isn't it? it just uh, just do that, James. Just say, lads, go out and win. That's <laughs> it, delivered. I'd love to see it. It's that simple. But yeah, now, I, 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 who would you pick out as your uh, best player from last Saturday against Stevenage?
2: Oh, it's a tough one. Uh, I think Hutchinson and Savage did really well in the midfield. Uh, you can't really look past Kelvin to get a brace and could have been a hat-trick. Uh, I thought Button made some really big saves at important times as well to keep them in it. Um, so yeah, I'll probably go the whole sp- the spine of that midfield. So I- I'm going to be on the fence here. But I'm going to go Button, Hutchinson and Kelvin. That spine, I think. Without that, I think we'd have we'd have struggled. But they were the star performers.
1: Yes, I'd disagree with that. I think that was Obviously with the goals. I'm particularly really glad to see him get the head uh, from the corner, mm. big Kelvin, because hasn't been his strongest point so far, but he's only played a few games. So let's not over-examine that Hutchson as we talked about on our own podcast on the uh, Sunday that we released, I think it was called Kelvin at the double. Man, four days seems like a long time in my world now. I don't know why, but I can't kind of remember what my name is. Yeah, I call myself Dave. <laughs> We've got a
2: question for Sorry? You've got festival fever.
1: I have. I have. I have <laughs> actually been down to the festival. It has actually altered my mind slightly. Yes. Um, I would like to say all in a good way, but it's all OK. <laughs> but, um, James, you've also broke the um, uh, confirmed the news today that the tax has been paid this month, which is a positive. It's um, mm. not you know, anything else but that. But it's a bit more complicated, isn't it, with the situation in Reading?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they still obviously got wages to fulfill at the end of the month. And we won't know until last day of the month whether that gets paid on time. And historically, obviously, it's been tax or wages kind of one or the other last few months. So it's interesting to see whether they've got enough to be able to um, sort of fulfill the wages as well. We'll have to wait and see on that one. And obviously, we've got three or four more weeks yet to find out whether Dai puts this one, two, five percent into a separate um, account. Otherwise, it's another three points coming off anyway. So it's very much one one small leap forward, uh, but very much could be three quick steps back if things don't start moving or continuing in the right direction over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope that he does actually uh, pay this money. Uh, my optimism levels on that are insanely low. Uh, I'd say below <laughs> zero, but we will see. I guess one big factor that might make a difference if we manage to actually offload. I'm not going to add in Bazanis too much of that because I don't think he's going to make a substantial difference with someone like Andy Carroll, Guinness mm. Walker, or more likely Tom Holmes, But the problem is we have to find a buyer, don't we?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's so all well and good kind of pushing, well, not pushing them out. They're still in, involved, but kind of um, not involving them. But, you know, they're going to need other teams to, uh, to want to be interested. in, you know, I'm sure there will be some clubs willing to take them. It's just what money they can sort of agree with they've uh Holmes's got a couple of years left on this deal, Carroll's into this final year. So we're not talking millions of pounds here, but every little helps with the situation that Reading's in at the minute.
1: Yeah, Tesco's one said that. It does make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I I there seems to be a little bit of interest around Tom McIntyre. That seems to be drifting around as well. I've no idea. If that's going to happen. But I thought when he's come on, he's done absolutely nothing spectacular. He hasn't needed to. But I think he's a really good player to have in that scenario.
2: Yeah, well, you know, we can't just pretend that these youngsters are going to, you know, take us to the title and uh, we're not going to have to worry. We're going to need experienced players and there's going to be situations that arise that the youngsters aren't quite ready to deal with yet. And that's, you know, totally normal. And we can't just kind of think, oh, you know, job done. They're winning all these games. We can get rid of whoever we want now because ultimately we, we don't. We need a squad. Uh, it's gonna the games are gonna start coming real thick and fast when international breaks come and we don't play. And we're gonna need as many players as we can. You know, you do you want ones that want to be here and want to play. Um so obviously get rid of the ones that don't, but you know, we can't be silly here and just say get rid of everybody and, and just blood the youth because you know that isn't gonna work.
1: Yeah, and in all probability, if they aren't actually gone by, you know, the end of the window, they're probably back around the squad, won't they?
2: Oh yeah, I fully expect a Year and McIntyre will be probably back <laughs> Involved. Carroll was an interesting one. Holmes is an interesting one. Nestor, I was surprised to see the sort of rumours crop up. I thought he was well, you know, well fancied. But who knows what happened after Port Vale um, and Busanis? You know, I think he's he's surplus to requirements, especially with Joel Pereira still lingering around and sort of ready to come in once Busanis goes. I think the writing's on the wall there in terms of him leaving at some point.
1: That's such an unusual situation with Joel Pereira. The fact that he's actually training at the club,
2: yeah so. <laughs> like he's
1: like just waiting for one of the goalies to leave. And mm, big secret is Buzanis who are expecting <laughs> to leave. It must be such a weird scenario for both of them to be in. Yeah, I don't, it's,
2: it's 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 a weird one. It's sort of yeah, someone sort of coming up behind you ready to slam the door, but you're like, I don't want to go yet. You know, don't don't hold 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 the door, and then someone's trying to come and slam it behind you. So it's it'd be interesting to see what they do. You know, whether there's enough interest to whether the club say thank you and, and terminate the deal. I don't know whether we're financially in a, in a position to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, he's still got a couple of years left. He signed a three year deal last summer, so he's not going to be cheap to pay up. So you're going to have to just hope that someone comes in.
1: Well, let's hope so. Um, Cause it's become a bit of a, that's a terrible, not a good situation now. Um, but I don't blame Buzanis if he's making it mm-hmm. as difficult as possible, because if he's being offered a contract and he signed it, two years ago or one year ago but i doubt he's going to get similar wages anywhere else so i understand why he's uh hanging around just to say that so we're going to now move on to the game that's coming up against exeter city we have not played them for a long long time In 30 years or so not 30 years 20 years it is 30 years isn't it mm, 30 years wow God, that was frightening. (laughs) That was like, wow, that was way back when I was a teenager. I was minus
2: minus seven last time (laughs) we played it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, God. So that was a hell of a game, though, when uh, 6-4 won. That was uh, at the beginning of that season anyway. Incredible strip. Someone should make that. I'm not saying that we have made it, but we did make it. And uh, what's your thoughts on it? And uh james do you think we're going to get another win there because to get three consecutive wins and an away win would be mm. quite amazing for us
2: yeah so i don't quite think we'll do it uh, I, th- I don't think we'll lose uh i think we'll get a draw i'll go 1-1 i think it should be quite a good game and obviously a big a big nice um you know uh day to, to remember amon dolan and, and everything that he brought mm. to both clubs
1: yeah totally uh yeah well your predictions haven't been too bad this season you also predicted the one 0 at Port Vale, didn't you yeah. which wasn't one that i enjoyed at all but i think i'm gonna side on one all as well i'm not convinced that we haven't seen how this team deals with conceding the goal first yet yeah. so that yeah. will be interesting and it's going to happen at some point i hope it doesn't but i make it even sweeter if we came back and win but uh yeah i'm going to go with one all as well um Yeah, let's hope that's wrong. And I hope we all have a great time down there and uh, enjoy the weekend, even with the train strikes. Uh, That's not very enjoyable for a football fan, is it? So thanks a lot for listening to this bit. And uh, uh, we will now be joined by Tom from the official Exeter City podcast called Part Life. And I just want to say, all the people, so many people, hope you enjoy it.
2: hello
0: everyone and welcome back to part two of the park Rolls preview podcast of course we've now flipped over to the view from the opposition we are going to be taking a look at exeter city and to do so we have got a very special guest we've got tom from parklife the official exeter city podcast how are you doing tom
3: i'm very well thank you matt yeah really good uh, really good uh, really looking forward to the game on saturday
0: of course Brilliant. No, likewise it's uh it's been a long time it seems since we played exeter I, 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 one thing i didn't do was look at the last time we played you but it's been quite a while um that's for sure <laughs> um so tom kind of i'm gonna start off just looking at exeter kind of the last uh few few years really because um a bit like stevenage that we played last week um spent quite a few years in the lower uh, the lower leagues uh, league two spent about 10 years in there but you're always dicing with promotion finally got there a couple of seasons ago and since have uh, almost become a staple of uh, league one and becoming quite a archetypal club of kind of how to run a club successfully give us a bit of insight into exeter over the last five years
3: Yeah, it's been a a whirlwind journey, hasn't it? Uh, I suppose the, the best place to start is with those playoff final defeats, firstly to Blackpool, then to Coventry, and then finally to Northampton Town, three in four years, I think it was. Um, it's nice was... to know that there's
0: another club that suffers the playoffs and that isn't just Reading because we've got similar records in the playoffs.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm well aware. And yeah, there we go. There's something that we can bond with there. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It, that's where the sort of disappointment begins, or you know, at least in the, in the recent history. Um, you know, I went to two of those finals, couldn't go to the Northampton one because of COVID. Um, but each time it was a rebuilding effort, firstly under Paul Tisdale, uh, well the first two times under Paul Tisdale then under Matt Taylor and eventually after COVID has had finished the first season back after COVID was the season that we were promoted a real feel good feel um feeling a- around the club uh, at that point we brought in some real fan favorites like Tim Deang, who went on to to you know be our player of the season arguably that season and eventually got us up into league one and then yeah uh, Matt Taylor departed for Rotherham after a good start to the season. He put, put us in the best position possible, really, um, so that we could stay in the division. And once Gary Caldwell came in, his job was essentially just to carry on the good work of Matt Taylor. And that's exactly what he's done. He's put together a really solid side for this season. So that's where we are currently. It's been a hell of a journey, but there, here we are, uh, You know, in seventh now, at the moment, at least, uh, in League One.
0: Yes, well, you certainly started the season um, very well. Had a very good opening day against Wickham, um, Wickham Wanderers, with a with a three nil, three nil win to kick the season off. Since then, it's been kind of a little bit kind of up and down, I guess you could say. Um, with with one one loss, one draw, and one win that came last week against Carlisle, I think it was. Um, give us a bit of insight into the start start the season for for you guys, and kind of how expectations kind of followed over from last year, and I think uh, your fourteenth last season? How's kind of the the season started?
3: So the predictions from the pundits who like to have their say, um, weren't particularly positive for extra at the start of the season. I, I didn't really get that same vibe uh, to be honest obviously i've been watching Exeter city throughout the last year and of course pre-season didn't go to plan if we're being totally honest i lost to talkie united in there from the national league south it wasn't particularly optimistic but the signings that we made across pre-season were fantastic and gary deserves huge credit for that so does marcus flickcroft the head of recruitment and uh, malcolm crosby as well our chief scout amazing work done by the three of them and they've put together a really strong side. I was there at Wickham away uh, for our first game of the season and scored within 28 seconds, I think it was. Um, Jack Acheson, uh, with the first goal of the season and very soon followed up in the fourth minute, I think it was, by Will Ameson, who tapped home. And at that point, everybody was absolutely delighted. We were briefly top of the league. <laughs> Not that that was going to last for too long, I suppose, but... Yeah, 3-0 victory, uh, finished off by James Scott in that game. And we were really optimistic about the season ahead. Uh, Then we had Crawley, of course, where we managed to get past them from a losing position as well, which was a really good effort from the lads. Um, James Scott scoring again, you know, only scored one goal for us last season, has already scored two. So he's in great form at the moment. Yes, we had that loss to Portsmouth, but they're going to be right up there at the end of the season. We played really well against those as well. So I was okay, content with that result. A draw against Blackpool as well, I think just before Portsmouth. And then finally, that 2-0 victory over Carlisle United, which considering they had a really good League 2 campaign last year, a great manager in Paul Simpson, you really did think that Carlisle would cause us a few problems, but apparently not because great performance from the whole team especially ryan trevitt who got his first professional goal and that was followed up by a dimitri mitchell um goal as well so very happy making the 500 mile i think uh, trip back to exeter um very happy and and we're ready for for reading on saturday
0: one thing that's kind of been i guess a staple you could say the the, the team as you've started um it was a bit of a weakness for exeter last season the defense um but seemingly after four games, tightened up a lot, only conceded one goal so far. Obviously, that goal against Portsmouth um, kept the likes of, obviously like I like, like say, Wickham, Wickham out. Um, Blackpool kept to a 0-0 draw. What's, what's changed from last season to bring that defensive stability to Exeter?
3: Good question, because the actual back three hasn't changed at all. And yes, Czech Diabate sometimes fills in for one of those three defenders, but normally always, always, in fact, Alex Hartridge, Will Ameson, Pierce Sweeney, that's just how it is. The three of them in a line supported by the wing backs. And no, none of those have, have changed over the summer. Of course, we have changed our goalkeeper, Volhami Sinisalo has joined the club. Jamal Blackman left for Burton Albion. Um, Ville has been absolutely amazing, by the way. What a goalkeeper he is. Um, I absolutely love him at the club. But it's difficult to really put a finger on what's changed apart from, yeah, we've we've tightened up. Zach Jules, who has filled in on the left-hand side, has been really good. Provided a little bit more defensive stability on that left-hand side when he plays, and then if we need to, you know, go forward and, and grab a goal, then Vincent Harper is great on that on that left flank, and so is Dimitri Mitchell. So I, I suppose the strength on, in the wing-back positions is maybe where we've improved. I guess, although Josh Key on the right last year was arguably our player of the season, it's as I said, it's really difficult to put a finger on it. I think they've just all stepped up this year. Will Ameson came in in January. It looks like they've all bonded together now and have formed a really strong back line.
0: Well, you noted um, Zach Jules, obviously, um, coming in, came in from Milton Keynes. I think Reading fans might remember him. He was one of the academy players that um, came through uh, back kind of with um, Piers Sweeney as well. And um, I mean, Piers Sweeney, you say, is almost a staple of your back line now. He's had quite an interesting, well, I say interesting career. I mean, he's almost dipping I think into almost that status of player at Exton now where you're almost thinking is he kind of getting into nearly club legend status he's got yeah. nearly over 300 appearances all competitions had mm-hmm. that little kind of hiccup in the middle uh, a couple of seasons ago where he where he left to uh those who shan't be named and came back very quickly which I'm sure adding fans will find very very amusing um after one day I think it was he decided to come back he went to Swindon he was like who would want to I go think, there? Honestly, I, I, think um, was,
3: I think it was a week. To be fair, but yeah, oh, was it, <laughs> <long, so. laughs> it wasn't very long.
0: It wasn't very long. I don't blame him for uh, taking one look at Swindon and leaving anyway. But um, but yeah, kind of. How's how's it going with Sweeney and obviously Zach Jewell since coming in? Obviously, being being uh, names that Reading fans might uh, might remember
3: so we're way more familiar with pierce sweeney of course zach jules has played just a handful of games at the moment and from what i can see jules looks really solid on on the left-hand side it seems to be that he's filling in in that left wing back role um we thought that he might fill in it as the left center back provide a bit of competition for alex hartridge but at the moment hartridge doesn't really need that competition he's been one of our players of the season so far. So um, Zach Jules has provided great um, support on that left-hand side, um, providing so much defensive stability, which is so important. Sweeney, club legend. There's, that's exa- It's what you said. It's what I would say. Um, he's up there with the biggest legends in the club's history alongside, you know, Matt Taylor, I guess. Um, Dean Moxie, you can probably put him there. Adam Stansfield, of course. Um, Sweeney, yeah, he's right up there. Um he's played over two hundred games for us now. He's um got a great personality, a real leader in the dressing room as well. I absolutely love watching him play. I've loved watching him uh since he came into the club in I think 2015 2016 I believe that was um when he came in initially on trial, um, that was was very quickly snapped up under Paul Tisdale. And he's been a mainstay ever since um yeah what a player um and uh yeah he he said that he he's got such a big place in his heart for Exeter City after playing for the club for so long and you know he's raised his family here it's a, it's a great story really and um he's recently signed a new deal as well to take him uh, to 2026 I think so absolutely love having him at the club.
0: Well, he's 28, I think nearly 29. I think it'd be 29 start start September. But uh, yeah, when you're talking about a player that's nearly in club legend status at that sort of age, I think that's that's all you need to know um, about him. Um, Just quickly, actually, whilst we're on the topic of um, Sweeney and kind of Jules and um, the Academy, obviously well known at Reading FC, Eamon Dolan, um, massive, massive, obviously part of Reading FC's history and kind of Academy, but had quite a part in Exeter City as well.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean his role at Exeter City just cannot be understated. He was one of the leading figures, obviously on the pitch. You know, so crucial in in especially as a in that sort of youth role. He he was so great at, at you know making the academy what it is today. But also in the in the first team, of course, um, was eventually promoted to manager um, and uh, and loved his time on the sidelines. I, I think in many ways. His his greatest influence on the club was his role in the community. He was obviously Exeter City supporter owned, and the um, the supporters' trust uh, and the community trust work hand in hand to to benefit the community. And Eamon Dolan was community officer for the club. Absolutely loved helping out in the community. It's what he was all about. You know, if you ever met the man, then I've been told by by many people that he. He's that kind of guy. He's he's a he's a warm character. Pierce Sweeney said that he can be a little bit harsh, almost like a father figure, and I feel like that's that's really what he was—an uh, amazing character—and taken from us way too soon. It's um, it's a great shame, but I think that this game, you know, Exeter versus Reading, is going to be a real opportunity for us to celebrate his life and his involvement at, at both Exeter City and Reading.
0: Very well said, no Tom. Completely agree, um, and um, yeah, I think it'll be be a nice moment, I think, for Reading FC fans, Exeter fans, and even, you know, some of the players that were um, uh, obviously under the wing of uh, Eamon Dolan as they came through to kind of come together and obviously uh, remember remember such a wonderful person. So, yeah, no, well said. Looking ahead uh, or jumping back towards um, the game on Saturday, though, um, players for Exeter City, we always like to have a look at kind of the ones to look out for within Exeter City. If you could pick out probably one player for Reading FC to keep an eye on, who would you probably probably be picking
3: that's so tricky um i'm speaking to ryan trevitt tomorrow and he was amazing last week I- against carlisle man of the match man of the match against crawley as well so at the moment i'd have to say ryan trevitt he's in on loan from brentford uh scored 16 goals for them last year was named their player of the season brentford b um so you know playing alongside uh, romeo beckham you know, he's better than Beck's. so uh yeah ryan trevitt what a player he is um I don't want to big him up too much. He's only, you know, my age, 20, 20, I think 19, 20, 21. So, um, yeah, what a player he is. I think he's the standout at the moment. But also Jack Aitgerson. I I love watching him
0: play at the moment. Well, Trevor, centre midfielder, I think, number eight for Brexiter. Yes,
3: indeed. Yeah, come on to the midfield.
0: Well, Reading, keep an eye out for that. And um, Sam Hutchinson, if you're listening, just go in with a hard tackle early on in the game and, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it ends up <laughs> um, one one person we've not actually discussed and it's it's a it's a player that last year that she did very well for exton and obviously I was expecting potentially to kick on this year striker um Nomble for for Exeter got 15 goals I think it was for Exeter last year um yeah, Sam Nombay. yes hmm. yeah Nombay. sorry yes not not Nambal where did I get <laughs> Nombul from Nombay. Don't know. um
3: yeah Nombay. uh amazing um 15 goals last season he's you know he is our talisman in many ways, and um, probably hasn't had the start of the season that he might have liked. Missed a penalty against Wickham um, back in match day one, and, um, and and obviously hasn't scored since then either. But he's been a great contributor to the side so far. He's um, you know he's, he's somebody who he will always put in a hundred percent for the for the club. Absolutely loves. Um, playing for the club and uh you know I, i'm absolutely delighted um with the way he's, he started the season and um it's formed a nice little partnership with james scott as well so um yeah happy with with sam nombe um and yeah i suppose i suppose that's that's what we've got to say
0: yeah well i think the big thing with him is it's not just his goal scoring ability he showed it last year with the assists i think he got seven or eight assists last year which for a striker can't, you can't, um, obviously, uh, shirk at that, especially when they've scored 15 as well. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully we can keep him quiet still at the weekend, but, um, it could be a bit of a handful, I feel. So it's that time of the show as well, Tom. Predictions for the weekend. What are you probably going to go for?
3: Uh, it's tricky. Um, ooh, I, I predicted a, a draw against Blackpool, but I can't help but feel a little bit more confident against Reading. Um, no I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive I'm gonna say uh a 2-1 win I think yeah Number no well, will score and say well
0: <laughs> he'll get off the mark on his fifth game it's uh it's almost written in the stars. I think with with, with ones like that you always feel like that on a as an opposition fan but uh yeah with Reading obviously winless since November last year November the 12th was uh, our last away win. it's uh yeah hopefully we can break that at the weekend but obviously Exeter is going to be a very very tough test that's for sure um tom thank you so much obviously for for, for joining us today best of luck obviously for the for the season um hopefully we get a good game um uh, at the weekend as well i think that's all you really ask for as fans as well as wins just to see a good game no 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 foul play or anything you know just one competitive game so thank you for joining us and um Obviously, everyone, if you have enjoyed the podcast, um, remember to give it a five star rating um, on Spotify or your podcast of choice. Give us a follow. Stay up to date with our socials. We'll, of course, be back on Sunday where we'll be reviewing the game against Exeter, hopefully taking all three points. But um, either way, win, loss or draw, we will be back reviewing it. So thank you very much for listening. I've been Matt Lansley. This has been the Elm Park Rules preview podcast. We'll catch you on the next one.